Welcome to this edition of Applaudable Perspectives, and I am so delighted to be speaking with Lisa Stewart. Uh, Lisa and I got to see each other at the recent Blackberry Jam, and she was there with Sean Camp, who performed. He was a headliner, and we just had the most lovely visit. And then we realized that we sh all three of us share a love of Indian food, so we had a wonderful lunch, and Sean took us out to eat. And we went to one of my new discoveries in Spring Hill, AHA, and enjoyed some Indian food. And I said, hey, you want to do the podcast? She said, sure, let's do it. So, Lisa, welcome, welcome to Applaudable Perspectives. I'm honored that you would take time from your busy schedule to speak to me. So let's talk a little bit about, you've, you've been here several years, um, people know your name, you've had a record deal, you've worn a lot of hats, I mean, you're, you've been an actor, you've been a host of several shows on the National Network, you are now, uh, of course, performing, you've never stopped performing, but you're a single mom, you've got a wonderful son, I want to hear more about your boy, and let's just talk about how did you make it here, and, and where are you from, I know you grew up in Mississippi, where in Mississippi, and how did you make your way to Nashville, Tennessee, to Music City? Yeah, well, I, I am I'm from a, a town called Louisville, Mississippi. It's in the east central part of the Red Clay Hills, Mississippi. And in uh, when I when I graduated from high school, I actually received full scholarship to go to Mississippi University for women. And I went there my freshman year, and I was studying music. Well, I I met a uh, a British fellow named Benny Litchfield, and he was a senior citizen, but he was a lovely jazz pianist. And we ended up playing some um, some gigs around town, and, uh, and 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 one day he told me he said, "Darling, if you want to be in the music industry, you have to go where the industry is, and it ain't here." <laughs> <laughs> so I started looking at other universities to attend, and um, Belmont University was one of the first on my list. And uh, I I came here. I auditioned for the the music staff there. And received another scholarship. The Royal wow. Scholarship. Mm -hmm. Well, that's and, uh, Belmont's pretty competitive, so that's that's quite a compliment to you. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, you know, I I just I love to sing since I was six years old. I had an aha moment on the stage on, on uh, when I performed my first solo. Uh, I knew that that's exactly what I wanted to do uh, for my career in my life. And I never stopped singing uh, from the time I was six years old until, well, I did. I won't say I never stopped singing. I, I did take a break to uh, have a family and, and all that, but that's a whole other story. Um, uh, but yeah, that that that's what brought me to Nashville was Belmont University. And in my senior year, I actually uh, was singing. I had I had been in a jazz kind of R and B uh, ensemble called. Soiree. Uh -huh. And one night we were, we were playing at a wedding reception. And I was a full time student and playing gigs at night. Whoa. And yeah. And so we were playing at a wedding reception. And this nice guy named Mark Thompson came up to me during our break and he said, Hey, um, do you do session work? And I said, Yeah, sure. And he said, Well, I've written some things. I'm, I'm the judge band leader. Wow. <laughs> Naomi and Wayona, you know, yes. So he said, uh, Wynonna's actually about to uh, do a solo career, and I've written some things for her, and I think your voice would be perfect for these demos. I think she could hear herself, you know, if she hears you singing them. 
And so, you know, let's get together and schedule a time to record. I said, sure. So now so, stop for a second. Is this when Y was working with Tony Brown? Uh, this was so her very first uh, venture into being a solo artist. Okay. I'm trying to think. Nobody I think. Knew. Is that who produced her uh, to start with? I'm trying to think. I think Tony, like, she had no one else on earth, and I'm just trying to think. Um, yeah, uh, then I guess that would be. Yeah, I think that was Tony. That's fantastic. Cool. Well, we all love Tony Brown. What a. Oh, my God. Tony's amazing. And then she, she cut Roger Murrah's song, Only Love, which I love that song. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, Roger's been on Applaudable Perspectives. He's a buddy. So, okay, so you went you went in and you just, like, yeah, just started. And, and we just, yeah, we, we, we recorded a few songs that he had written for her solo project. And uh, the engineer, after that session, said, hey, is anybody working with you? And I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a full-time student. I play gigs at night. And there were some people in the pop world interested in doing some things with me in New York and that kind of thing. I said, but, you know, nothing's really I'm still looking for, you know, my way. And he said, well, hey, why don't you come in and let's just do a piano vocal of what you do, you know? And I was singing a lot of jazz. So I came in and I did a piano vocal of my Sunny Valentine. Well, that engineer was a guy that you probably know named Byron Gallimore. I he sure do. Before, yeah, before Byron became the Byron Gallimore, the great Byron Gallimore, he was just getting started too. And so uh, that morning I did a piano vocal of my buddy Valentine. I went to school. I came back home to my efficiency apartment, and I got a call from him that afternoon. And he said, Lisa, are you sitting down? I said, uh, what's going on, Byron? <laughs> he said, you, you have offered some four major labels. What? Wow. Well, that's what I said. What? And now how old are you at this point? You're what? Just college kid. I was, yeah. I was uh, 20. Let's see. Oh, gosh. How old was I? Hold on, let me think. Uh, 88. I was like 22. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Um, wow. He, I said, I guess I need an attorney. <laughs> he said, Yeah, I think you do. So I hired Malcolm Mims to represent me, and he spoke to all the different labels that were interested in signing me. And, and I went and met with several different people, and and finally, he guided me toward BNA Entertainment, which was under the umbrella of RCA and yep. BMG. I flew to New York, met with Joe Galante. Um, he listened to some of my stuff, and he said, "Let's do this." So wow. Was the head of A&R, who recently passed away, um, but Richard pulled me into that whole scene and brought me up to New York with Rich Tevin and, and uh, Joe Galante. And it was always a dream of mine. Wow, but I mean, look at this. Look at the top drawer people that you got associated with. I mean, Byron has gone on to produce McGraw to McGraw. I mean, Byron used to work with my old uh, client and and friend Charlie Pride. That's who gave Byron his start. Was Charlie Pride? That demo was it Charlie Pride's? Pie Gem. Over at Pie Gem, yeah. So it's like, it's what well, I guess what I'm hearing is you just continued to stay steadfast with your dream and you stayed open to the possibilities and it's connections led to connections, led to connections, led to connections. But obviously yeah. people, people recognize your work ethic and your talent. Well, thank you. Well, you know, so it was a wonderful experience to be able to, I mean, and it, it just, 
getting a major record deal is um I realize looking back just what a what a blessing that was in my life I mean that opened the doors to the world stage for me mm-hmm. you know um because it was when I was promoting my very first album on Crook and Chase that the producer Jim Owens the television producer Jim Owens saw me on that very first TV appearance and he saw something in me and called my management who was Stan Moran. Yep. Stan recently passed away. Love well. Stan. Yes, Stan was uh, he was one of the Absolutely. And, yep. He was Dan, Dan. He's Stan. Always looked like he just walked out of the best men's shop in the world. He just was always dapper Dan and impeccably dressed. Yep. Impeccably coiffed. Yes, and such a fun person to be around. Just a great energy, very positive. Great sense of humor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, you know. Stan called me and said, hey, Jim Owens has reached out to us. He wants to talk to you about uh, auditioning for a co-host seat on a nationally syndicated television show. Well, I had minored in journalism at Belmont. At this point, I had left Belmont with just about seven hours to complete my degree because I had such a huge uh, endeavor in front of me with being a newly signed artist and doing a radio tour and all this. I couldn't do it all and be a student. So, they need to give you an honorary degree, Lisa, <laughs> well, <laughs> at this what? point. I, well, long story short, I went back to Belmont. Did you really? Yes, and got my degree. Good for you. All right. With the emphasis in vocal performance. So anyway, uh, but back to that. So, uh, yeah, so, so long story short, I got the gig co-hosting a show called Number One Country, mm-hmm. which was a nas- nationally syndicated show. And so we were taping on Wednesdays, and then on Thursdays, I would get on the bus or on the plane and, and do tour dates. So I was working constantly, and it, it was so exciting, so much fun. Who was booking you? Do you remember who was booking you? What, what agency? I believe, let's see, I've had a few. Uh, I was with uh, Bobby Roberts for a okay, little bit. I was sure. with William Morris for a little bit. Um, I've had several different booking agencies. Um, I believe at that time it was William Moore. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Cream so, of the crop, baby. You're with the cream of the crop. Wow. I, I mean, really, I, I when I came to town, Pam, I was as green as they come. I had never driven on an interstate before. <laughs> and when they put in 440, I nearly lost my mind because it was around the <laughs> I was so confused. I have scoliosis, and I, I blame my lack of navigational skills on the fact that my spine is slightly crooked. So I, I, I can't find my way. I'm, I thank goodness for GPS, or I would be lost to this day. I, uh, I, you know, it's it's funny that you bring up 440 because I remember when it when it went was was constructed, and nobody was on it because <clears throat> nobody was quite sure where it went. And it was a, a little bit before cell phones and GPS and all that stuff. And and I remember when they were getting ready to open it up, they opened it up to the community and there were people biking on it and roller rollerblading and roller scooters, you know, had their scooters and everything. And uh, now it's like you can't imagine Nashville without 440, you know. I mean, it's just... So we, we you and I both watched the city just grow, you know. It was sort of this, this little kind of waste 
like a backwater town, not a wastewater, but a backwater town, kind of like a little provincial town. And now it's like a, it's the it city, they call it, right? That's right. It's a metropolis now. And when we first came here, it was like, you know, you could literally walk down 16th Avenue and run into friends and pop in and, and on a songwriting session or whatever. And, and uh, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just a different, it was a very different environment at that time, at that early time. It was like a campus kind of almost, you know? Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. It was like a creative campus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so the, so you're touring, you're yeah. you're um, on the road, you're putting out Richard records Richard, and Richard Landis, yes. Charlie Colello came down from New York and arranged all the strings on my first album, and I mean it was like wow. I went from uh, sitting in class and playing, you know, little jazz clubs to all of a sudden, I'm rolling with the big dogs, as they would say, you know, and I, I'm really a small town girl. I, I, this was all so strange and wonderful to me, yeah. you know. Scary, too, yeah. I think. I, I was probably scary, right? Well, I, I was excited. I don't know that I was afraid. I was excited, but I was also very trusting. You know, I put my whole life and career in hands of people that I really didn't know but right. I believed were um, qualified to make great decisions for me. Right. Um, and I think looking back, and I would recommend this to young artists today, know, learn, learn, learn the business, you know, know, right. know that you don't, that they don't necessarily know everything that's great for you. They don't necessarily know. You have to really follow your heart and you have to stick with that. You have to stick with what you know is your artistry. Right. You know? and, um, and advocate for yourself, right? Advocate for yourself. Advocate for yourself, yes, because the thing that's going to set you apart is not someone trying to put you into a mold, but it's going to be your sonic fingerprint that's going to make you different from everyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're true to yourself, there's no one like you, mm -hmm. and that's going to make you stand out from the rest. You know, and I, I, I feel that I maybe didn't quite have a strong, strong sense of uh, myself at that time, to be quite honest, and so I was very trusting. And I think if I had had a better uh, definition of of myself as an artist at that point, uh, I think I could have maybe done some more unique things. However, mm -hmm. I worked a ton and had a great career, <laughs> you know, and uh, and still still rolling, you know. Okay, so during that time period. You met a man, got married, and you had a, you have a son. So let's talk a little bit about about that. And and he's getting ready to go go to school, go back to school, and of course you going to high school. Goodness, and what was it like going through COVID? I mean, he was obviously not not able to go to school for what almost two years, right? Yeah. Well, we homeschooled from uh, first through fifth grade. Anyway, so so he was used to that. Okay. Yeah, he was used to that, but at, at this point, I was now divorced, mm -hmm. and I was married for 15 years. Wow. Our relationship was 18 years, and during that time period, I did not pursue my music career. I stepped away from the industry pretty much entirely. Wow. And yeah. was that hard for you? You just you wanted to devote to being a mom and a wife. It was incredibly hard for me, and it wasn't. It wasn't 100% my choice. 
I understand. It was my decision, but it wasn't, it would not have been my choice had I been able to make that choice without any uh, other influence. <clears throat> I understand. <laughs> I, I totally understand. Yeah, so, anyway, creatively, I was starved. Yes. You know, uh, but I will tell you this, I poured everything into being a mom. I love, that's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life was being a mom to my son. I love him more than anything. <laughs> I never had a why before. I have a why now. He is my why for everything I do. My son, Evan, is now uh, 14. He'll be 15 in September. Oh, he's still a silly youngster. Yeah, we just went to his high school orientation last night. He's like knocking on six feet tall. Whoa! He's towering above all those other 14 year old and, and, he, and he's amazing he's just the greatest thing in my life I, I'm, I'm so in love with my son he um he's he's incredibly bright um i'm so proud of him because even in the midst of divorce and going back and forth between his dad's house and my house he's maintained straight a's okay so we're talking about evan and being a mom and and high school orientation is he excited about going to high school i mean this is all Totally new for him since he's been homeschool. Right, right, yes, he is so excited. Well, he did go into public school system in seventh grade because that's when I went through a divorce, and I wasn't able to homeschool him because I had to. I didn't have. Oh, I had to earn a living, and so I, I just couldn't, uh, you know, do that all. I couldn't homeschool and earn a living by myself. So um, yeah, so he went to the public school for a bit. And Lisa, is he interested in the arts? Is he, or does he show an affinity for music or the arts at all? Acting? He loves music. He loves music. He has great taste in music. He's very musical. He plays a little guitar and he sings like a bird. Um, but he has seen the difficulties of a life in the business from both his dad and me. Mm -hmm. And he's like, Mom, you know, I love music. He's a great he really is a great singer. And at watching me as an actor and voiceover talent, he does those things too. He's a fine actor and he does amazing voiceover stuff. And he's worked in those, he's done commercials and he's done some voiceover work. He's done all this stuff kind of like because he was along for the ride. Yeah. You know what I mean? He got, I, was, I remember carrying him to an audition when he was just an infant. And I went to this audition and they said, hey, we need a baby. Could, could, could he? <laughs> so he got an agent when he was like six months old. Oh, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah, and so I started playing with stuff and he started doing things, you know, a few things. Like so he looked at it as a more hobby. He said, Mom, I, I don't see a career in that for me because it's just too difficult and it's not stable. I want something more stable. So thank goodness he has a great mind. And he's interested in um, aeronautics, science, history, all that stuff. So he, he's going to probably follow a more um, scientific intellectual path. Than Got it. Well, I, th I think what being in the music industry and in any of the arts, you really have to have an entrepreneurial spirit. And not everybody has the stomach for that, you know. Right. Because it's feast or famine sometimes, you know, and then you also have to learn to be good. You have to learn to be an advocate for yourself and your career. 
you have to also learn how to manage money because there's going to be dry spells and there's going to be more, it's going to be raining and, and, and lush. And, um, I always talk about living below your means and also finding diverse ways to make money, you know, and, and I love that you were a country singer signed to a country label, but you're, you've continued, you've always had a passion for jazz and now you're performing as uh, with a jazz band and uh, we should talk a little bit about the, the, the cast of characters that you've got collaborating with collaborating with you as a, on the in the jazz in the jazz band. Uh, you've got Chester Thompson, right? So he's amazing. He's a drummer, right? Chester has played drums with me, and he's fabulous. He's with Genesis and Zappa. I mean, talk talk a little bit about him and how did you connect with him? And whether for well, I, I it's crazy how um, you know I came out of the pandemic. Uh, well, I came out of a, uh, a long period of time where I did not participate in music at all. Then, I, after coming out of that, I went on the road as a background vocalist, which I had never done before. I've huh. been the featured performer, so that was a little interesting, but it was good. It was a good way to get back on the bike, you know, and, and to gain my confidence again in so many years of not performing. And then I decided, you know, this is no dress rehearsal. What do I want to do? You know, and I decided I want to put a jazz combo together. Yeah. And uh, I did. And Chester uh, Thompson was one of the drummers that I called in to play with me, and he's just fantastic. And then also, um, I, I, I have like a list of several players. We had a switch in and out depending on who's available. Sure. Because, you know, you know and so Chester is, is, is my primary guy that I, I like to work with. And then uh, also Ryan Brathley is a wonderful young drummer who plays with me sometimes. And then um, Jacob Jezero on Upright Bass along with uh, uh, Carter Murphy is my other bass player that I play with. Um, on piano, Cody Nardone, who's a wonderful jazz pianist, considered one of the best, you know, around. He's fabulous. And then another pianist named Alex Murphy, I worked with him too. And he's a wonderful composer as well, arranger. And uh, Do you feel the jazz scene is, is, is expanding in Nashville more? I mean, people miss... Good. Well, people mistake Nashville as just being a country town, and we all know that there's all multiple genres of music happening. And where can you hear jazz music? Tell people where they can come and hear you and hear hear if they love jazz music. What what where can they go? Well, I'll tell you. First of all, I'm really excited about the expansion of jazz that you just mentioned because August 18th, I'll be playing at Boxing Lodge in Leesburg Fort for the second time. It's just outside of Nashville, but it's a lovely town if you've never been to Leaper Sports you gotta make the trip it's so charming um a lot of history there and uh I'll be playing at Boston Lock on August the 18th because um the uh Aubrey Preston that owns that that club is very interested in music preservation mm -hmm. the history of music and there's a lot of Americana music that's played there a lot of country music that's played there but I played one of the first jazz shows they've ever had there and he is interested in, in uh, having me come every quarter or so. Fantastic. Play, play jazz there in Leaper Sports. 
And um, I'll be there all the thirteenth. Um, they're calling it Jazz the Fourth. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, uh-huh. So yeah, that's a really exciting thing. I'm kind of building a little fire underneath the fork, as, as Aubrey likes to say. So, well, Aubrey's Aubrey's my pal, and we work together. He he was kind enough to invite us to help him with launching the Americana Music Triangle, and we did that for that for about five years, you know. And we still he's he's a preservationist, and I, I love his his heart and his vision. So yeah, I'm, I, Aubrey gets it. He totally gets it. Same here, and I feel very fortunate that he's interested in helping me along. Uh, and to uh, grow my branch, you know, and, and what I'm doing. And then also, but other places you can hear jazz in Nashville. I, I have a residency at Analog at the Hutton Hotel. Uh-huh. I play there about once a month. And it's an incredible room. Um, and uh, it's, it's an incredible sounding room. And it's also very plush. It's a good day night. Yeah, it's, lo- it's lovely. I love that place. Yeah, and then uh, Rudy's Jazz Room is another place that I play pretty regularly. And it's a small club. It's about 84 seats. And it feels like you're in a little New York City jazz club. It's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And then um, there are other places. Uh, I'll be playing at uh, Sunday Jazz at Cheekwood this fall. October 8th, I'll be there. Uh, I think it's great that Cheekwood features jazz music in the spring and the fall. And then uh, and there are other places that I understand are popping up, like Sinatra and places like that in town that mm-hmm. are featuring jazz music. So, mm-hmm. um, but those are the those are the top three places that I would recommend where I'm playing. I think Skulls maybe is also doing some jazz oh, yeah. too downtown. Skulls is another spot. Uh huh. Skulls Rainbow Room is a is a pretty hot spot. A lot of the guys I play with play there. Yeah, that's Bill. Bill Miller owns both of those Sinatras and yeah. Skulls both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and we have so many amazing hotels that have gone up in the last 10 years, and they have very sophisticated clientele who can afford to pay $400 a a night for a room, and that would be a good place for you to play as well as... as Hello Four Seasons Hotel, if you're listening. Yeah, here we go. Call Pam, because I want to play on your room. I want to play on the roof of Four Seasons. There you go. That would be cool. And cru- and cruise ships. I mean, there's a ton of places that would be interested in you. Um, yeah. So, are you still writing? You, I know you write songs from time to time. But do you? Are you still writing? Yes, I'm constantly writing. Um, if I lost my phone, thank goodness for the cloud, because I've got hundreds and hundreds of songs on my phone. Ideas, you know, seeds for ideas and completed songs, and and um, yes, I've been writing a ton lately, and most recently over the last year and a half. I've been collaborating a lot with Sean Camp, uh-huh. and we've probably written, I don't know, 35, 40 songs. And Sean's up have. for the Musicians Hall of, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Sean is up for the Songwriters Hall of Fame, which uh, well-deserved, and such well a talent. Deserved. yeah, and this is like his third nomination. Yeah. He's been considered, many times, he's considered one of the finest writers in around, you know, and he is great. and. We have a lovely um, ability to just get each other when it comes to writing music, and and um, we've been able to to write some songs that we're very proud of. We just have to get them demoed and, and out there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's cool. So, Lisa, let's let's talk about your your. Like I said, you're a very attractive woman. You're you're very accomplished. You're a single mom. Um, 
was it hard being taken seriously? Because, you know, you could be a model. I mean, you're very pretty. Did you have a hard time people just saying, oh, she's just a pretty face? And did you have a hard time uh, not just with men and with authority figures, but also with other women? Like maybe did they were they jealous of you or were you able to find a way to support, uh, to be supported and to support other women, which is important? Oh, well, you know, when I was growing up in Mississippi, I never thought about my looks. I never thought I was um, anything special or different or above anyone else. You know, I was, I had an older, I have an older brother. He's eight years older than me named Keith. Keith and I spent a lot of time hiking in the woods, um, looking for, you know, fossils and petrified wood and catching tadpoles and raising frogs and things like that. I, I didn't grow up thinking that I was pretty. I, I grew up feeling very average, and it, it wasn't something that my my mom or my dad, you know, they did, they loved me and they made me feel valued through my intellect and my heart. Mm-hmm. They didn't focus on looks, mm-hmm. so I never really and, and talent. You know, my mother is a wonderful pianist. She can you can put any piece of music in front of her and she can play it. Wow. She wanted to be a concert pianist in New York, but she met this very dashingly handsome, black hair, blue eyed, olive skinned fellow who fell madly in love and, <laughs> and had a beautiful family life. And, and so, um, you know, but my mother always instilled in me that, um, you know, to make my own way, uh, to use my own talent, my own abilities, to make my own way, to not feel that I needed to depend on anyone. And to have confidence in who I am as a human being, and, and there was there was never a focus on looks. It was really weird when I came to Nashville, and I remember my first uh, when I was at Belmont. My friends were all like, "You should be in the Miss Belmont pageant." And I was like, "No, no." no. Like, you know, you should, you should do it. I'm like, "No, there's no way I'm walking on stage." In a- I'm just not going to do that. <laughs> but they, you know, but they're like, hey, but there's scholarship money involved, and you could, you could win, and you could win like thousands of dollars. Then you go to Miss Tennessee, and you, I was like, oh no, 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 Miss Tennessee televised. I'm definitely not walking around in a swimsuit and high heels in Miss Tennessee. On the, no. But they're like, but then I thought about, wow, that could be helpful to my parents if I could raise, you know, earn money and pay for my education and help, help anyway. So, uh, because the Roy Acuff scholarship is not a full scholarship, it was a partial scholarship. So I thought, well, I considered it, and I did it, and I won. Woo! Oh, no, now I've got to go to the swimsuit. Well, I worked so hard on the swimsuit part. I worked so hard on, like, I didn't worry about the talent part. I've been singing and performing since I was six years old and on the road at 11. You know, I I wasn't worried about the talent. I was worried about that part, the physical part. Because I wasn't confident in my looks or anything like that, so I I was working out all the time. I got my body in tip-top shape, and lo and behold, I won the swimsuit competition. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I I never ever ever saw myself that way though, and I still don't. You know, I mean, uh, but I remember walking into meet with Richard Landis for the first time, and he was very focused on my looks and, and marketing my looks, they wanted me like on the cover of Cosmopolitan Magazine and Playboy Magazine called and wanted me to do a spread in Playboy Magazine, which I did not do, by the way. I couldn't help but think about, and I don't judge people to do that, but I'm just saying, for me personally, 
I I just knew I just felt like one day I'd have to explain to <laughs> maybe my future husband or if I had children. Or yeah, whatever. sure. I, I just wanted something I wanted to explain. I understand. Hats off to you. You know, you've got beautiful pictures of your beautiful young body. That's great. But for me, I just it just wasn't for me. You know, I just never really thought about my looks that much until I got into industry, I guess, and and people really focused on it. You know. Yeah. Sure. Um, and it's so it's so youth oriented too, and you know you take really good care of yourself. Your skin is beautiful. So, is, are there any tips tips that you can offer people listening about either uh, a regime that you you use or foods that you eat? Are you, you're not vegetarian, but I know you eat a lot of vegetables, of course. Yeah, I do. I, I you know I am very health conscious. One of the things that I'm passionate about is fitness and nutrition. Mm -hmm. And um, I I. I definitely do something every day, be it walking a few miles or something. I I I also eat really clean food. I eat mostly organic food, and if I eat meat, it's usually a very lean, clean meat. And um, you know, I cook at home a lot. I, I never another one of my passions is cooking. Uh huh. So I'm into you know fitness and nutrition and cooking and. All that kind of stuff. I mean, I grew up, my mom and dad were organic farmers. They were organic before it was cool. No kidding. Oh, yeah. And we had our own chickens and our own, you know, pigs and things. And so I just grew up kind of living that way. Mm -hmm. and, and I've continued living that way my whole life. I, I don't eat a lot of processed foods if I can help it. Sometimes you're on the road and you can't help it. Yeah, sure. But, um, but I try to eat super clean and organic and... And, uh, and and I do I keep moving every day. I've just recently um, I've gone through, you know, the whole being the age that I am. There's some changes happening, and uh, I I worked with a trainer for a while, and I think the thing to do at this age is, is a lot of weight bearing exercises, not to bulk up, but just to support your bones and your muscles and stay toned, strengthen your and, core. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yes, yes, your core and. And also stretching. Uh, I used to do yoga every day. I need to get back into that. And um, but you know, uh, just staying flexible and toned is just you know part of. And it just it doesn't require a time. No. It's just mm -hmm. a little bit every day, just doing something every day, and just watching what you eat and staying hydrated. And being consistent. It's. I think it's right. about being consistent more than anything. Yeah. And I am kind of a skincare junkie. I, I kind of love that. Um, I. I made this friend in Los Angeles named uh, Chanel Janae, and she um, she has a brand called Arcona, A-R-C-O-N-A, and it's all natural products, and they're fantastic. Like, they actually do stuff for your skin. And uh, using her products, I've noticed my skin's just been glowing lately. Yeah. She does a beautiful job. And then there are other products I use, too. I think if you just have sunscreen every day, even if it's cloudy, using sunscreen on your face, and I don't mean like the kind that you put on the beach and it's like you, you look like snowman because it's got so much zinc in it, but I think using like makeup products, and they have wonderful products you can put on underneath your makeup uh, that have sunscreen. Mm -hmm. uh, that That's a, like uh, not chemical sunscreen, but natural sunscreen mm -hmm. products like zinc and stuff like that uh that's really helps your skin and prevents uh damage damage sure sure damage yeah 
I love the aging process. I, I feel like I've learned so much. I wish I could take what I have now and go back to that 21-year-old. I'd be uh, forced to be <laughs> You were and you are, for sure. Ah, oh, thank you, thank you. So what? So if I if I was going to be uh, coming over to your house for supper, what would you? What are some of your favorite dishes that you prepare, Lisa? Hmm. Well, one of my favorite dishes when I was on the road. I would always ask, when I was coming through Mississippi, my mom would say, hey, what do you want for dinner? I'd say, red beans and rice. That's uh, one of my favorites. There you she go. Has a great red beans and rice recipe. It's so good, and my son loves it. So I, love, I actually will probably make that for dinner tonight. I also, uh, there's a wonderful um, mushroom lasagna recipe that I do that mm. I love. Um, my son loves chicken noodle soup. A lot of the stuff I prepare for him, you know, but I make it all with organic meats and, and And you can um, you can do the green powder too. I mean, I've got green powder, yeah. and I just yeah. as I was talking to you, I just drank a, a it's a protein smoothie thing that just helps with your skin and helps with metabolism and everything. It's it's very easy if you do a little bit at a time. You're absolutely right. It it doesn't have to yeah. be daunting, you know. And it doesn't have to be cardboard tasting either. I mean, you you can make wonderful food. I mean, I recommend cooking at home. Yeah. And it's easy. People say, oh, I don't cook. I don't know how to cook. No, just follow the directions. It's easy. It's real easy. It's not hard. Well, and I love crock pots. And, you know, the other day I had all these wonderful vegetables that were given to me. Friends of mine, they're growing their garden. And I have a little bit of a garden this year, but not huge. So I've got all this yellow squash and just you name it, tomatoes and everything. And I thought, well, it's cold, a little bit chilly and rainy out, and I made soup. <laughs> so here it is summertime, but I made vegetable soup. And I put it in a right. containers and gave some away, gave some for my mom. And, you know, so this it's just it's just going back to basics, I think, is what you're saying, Lisa, you know. Totally, yeah. And, you know, during the pandemic, it's kind of, I mean, it was very sad. It was a very sad time because people that lost their lives, and we lost a few family members, actually. But it was kind of a beautiful time because... I got to just be at home with my son, and, um, and we cooked a lot, and uh, we read a lot, and, um, you know, we, we walked a lot, hiked a lot, you know, because we didn't really go to the gym or anything during that time, so we would get outside and stuff, you know, um, it was a, kind of a beautiful time. I, we looked for the silver lining. Exactly. In that, and, yeah. and, and I wrote a lot. That's really when I dove deep into my writing, mm-hmm. so... It was a real creative and beautiful time in many ways, although it was also a very tragic time. Of course, of course. I think a lot of people got reflective. You know, they got very reflective. And I do know friends of mine who've been in the music business. And, you know, music people, actors, people in the arts, they need applause. So it was hard for them not to have that applause. And it was also a lot of their gigs were not happening. So. Oh, yeah, everything stopped. All the work stopped. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I also took up teaching. That's when I that's when I started taking on some private students, mm-hmm. and um, and that's been a lot of fun. I have uh, some lovely students who I've been able to share some of the tricks I've learned, you know, over the years with young budding artists, and 
It's so much fun to see their eyes light up and hopefully save them some of the, you know, rugged roads I went down by going, hey, go this way. <laughs> It'll be a lot easier for you or whatever. And, and, and I have acting students as well as vocal students. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a fun thing that I do. And I do, I do Zoom with people that don't even live near me. You know, like I have people that live far away that I work with that, you know, we can Zoom. And, and that's fun, you know. So And sometimes it's just like, hey, I need I need to brush up or I've got a show coming up. Can we do a few lessons? And so, yeah, we'll get ready for that. You know, it doesn't have to be a consistent thing every single week or whatever. So I have a few students that will just touch in with me and say, hey, I've got this thing coming up. Can you help me get ready for it? And so we'll do that, you know. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I really enjoy being able to share some of the knowledge that I've acquired. Well, and you're you're a lifelong learner because you studied with our mutual friend Alan Dysert, who was a oh wow, what a lovely guy! What a lovely guy! Yeah. Has a new book out, and of course was has has a, he's a cancer a survivor. Cancer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, very Lisa, positive very positive, and and has you know was been on the cover of People magazine. I mean, he's just he was on All My Children. I guess it was a oh, soap opera. Oh, my mom and I were huge. Is that right? Oh my goodness! Yes, 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 yes. Well, he's he's. I just I got a chance to have a, have coffee with him recently, so it was really nice to catch up. Um, any any parting words you'd like to add, and also tell people if they would like to get a hold of you, either to book you to you do a house concert, or or if you are, are interested, anybody's interested in and. Um, booking some time with you as either an actress or actor or songwriter or singing or performance you are available and you are amazing tell them how to reach you you so much well um probably the best way to reach me is through social media on instagram it's lisa stewart s-t-e-w-a-r-t underscore real r-e-a-l uh so lisa lisa stewart underscore real Okay. Yes, you can message me there. Uh, that's where a lot of my students might, you know, communicate with me. Um, and I also have on Instagram Lisa Stewart Performance Studio. That's another spot you can reach out to me. Um, yeah. Do you have a website, Lisa? You know, I, I'm, I'm building a new one. Okay. So right now it's under construction, but I will have that. Up okay. Good. Later. Good. Good. And also, um, you know, uh, I guess. Uh, you and I do stuff together. So, if someone wanted to reach me, they could probably reach me through you. You can reach, yeah, from PLA Media. We can. I'm, I'm helping Lisa doing a few things, and so please reach out to PLA Media too. Yeah. You are delightful, delightful. Oh, Any parting good. words of wit and wisdom? Invest in real estate, and, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, I had a. Uh, I remember I was presenting at the CMA Awards one year. And uh, a makeup artist was doing my hair and makeup. My name was Gwen. And we were uh, just sort of in between, just hanging out backstage. And she said, Hey, Lisa, don't forget to have a family. And, mm. you know, that can mean a lot of things to people. That can mean just having a partner in life. Mm-hmm. That can mean having children. That can mean just staying tight with friends. That mm-hmm. can mean whatever mm-hmm. it can mean to you. But um, it's important to have a support system that you really trust. Mm-hmm. So I would say make sure you are surrounded by 
people that feel like sunshine to you in your life that mm-hmm. make you feel supported and loved and that you can go to um, and talk to them about things. It could be a sounding board that you respect, just trust. And that's just really important, I think, in any field, but certainly in this one, because there are so many ups and downs. Yeah, sure. If you can find it, boy, treasure it. Don't let it go. Thank you so much, and I feel like I have a new friend. So thank you, Lisa, for your time, energy, and let's let's have Indian food again soon. I think it's my turn to treat. Oh, I look forward to that. That'll be fun. I'll see you at all. God bless. Thanks again. Bye-bye.